0: We today have another day where we can begin again with each other. And to get us going, I would like to share with you some reflections on this theme and take the next step. And uh, and the way I wanna uh, do that is just to review a little bit uh, what I went over yesterday and then to add on to that You might remember I uh, we began with this theme of beginning again, and I, I shared with you that story of seeing those uh, monks from Yoshinji uh, using the beginner's mudra. And here I was using the other mudra. And just this value of being a beginner of one who begins again continuously. And how moving that was for me to see them fully embody that. It just wasn't some idea. It was, it was in their hearts and their bodies in some way. And then for us yesterday, I invited you to begin with ease and relaxation and kindness. And I love to repeat that just because these qualities have been so essential for me in this practice of really learning the art of that. having kind of this, this softness towards myself and ease and relaxation. And then within that container, I'm, I'm uh, having this quality of presence towards my experience. It makes such a difference. And then I invited you to begin again with sitting meditation, walking meditation, as if you'd never done them before, with the feeling of the breath, to notice what it's like for the mind to get lost in thought, what it's like to begin again and bring it back this newness. Today, I'd like to take the next step, which really is just the same thing, but hopefully a bit deeper to fill this in a little bit, a deepening rather than a broadening. And the way I'd like to frame it is, is, is this practice. And of course, I'm, I'm speaking poetically here and I'll, I'll tie it into maybe more traditional ways of understanding this in uh, Theravada Buddhism or early Buddhism. But poetically, what I find comes from this beginning again is that uh, uh, liberation happens and what gets liberated is intimacy itself. So you don't get liberated, but intimacy gets liberated. And for me, this framework is really, I love because I, I feel like then I'm I'm just serving. I'm just serving spiritual intimacy. And if I get liberated, oh, okay. But to liberate intimacy into this world is uh, feels so inspiring. So what do I mean by this? You start to sound like some Zen teaching that doesn't mean doesn't make any sense. So uh, let's. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna. Um, uh, I'm gonna invite you to do an exercise to help illustrate this and get a feeling sense of it and then tie it into this beginning again. And to do the exercise, I just want you to pick up any object that fits into your hand. Like here, I have a cup of hot water here. pick any object. And if you're willing to maybe show, I'm just kind of curious what you pick up. It can just be anything random. Great, good, <laughs> thanks. I <laughs> Need a little sip here. And I, what I want you to begin to uh, get a sense of is not what it is in the sense of this bigger concept of, oh, here's a cup, but more, what does it feel like? So if I really slow down and feel this cup, it's like, oh, here's a, there's a a part of it that's smooth. and this cup is actually quite warm right now and there's a a, a little uh, bumps right here and then it's quite rough on the bottom. But I invite you to take some time to really feel with your hands what you're holding. What is that like? To slow down and to use some smaller words like lightness, heavy, smooth, rough. Cool. It might have a kind of a curve like this has to it. And even when I rub it, there's a little bit of a sound that happens. And I invite you to begin to enter this world of, of feeling it and to linger with the feeling of what's in your hands. And to notice that that's different than the, the, the word of the object, right? Cup. I could just say cup and I have no direct experience of it. So I'm inviting you to linger with this experience of feeling what's in your hands, really to slow down right now. And now I invite you to take the next step with feeling that object in your hands is to notice how it impacts you so what I mean by that kind of in classical Buddhist language it's, it's to notice the mind states that arise in relationship to this experience. So for me there's something pleasant about this and the mind likes it And not only is it pleasant, I notice that there it, it uh, when I feel the cup and the warmth, it feels soothing to the body. it's like I can... I can feel the cup in my hands here, but then it impacts the body of giving a soothing feeling. Or there's a sense of curiosity now in the mind, or I can notice that the mind is slowing down a bit. So I invite you to notice these aspects of what's in your hand. Is it pleasant or unpleasant? Is it neutral? How does it impact the mind? What's the mind's response to that? Are you realizing there's a whole world right here? It is, is I think Paul Valery said, he said, there is another world and it is in this one. I'm inviting you to touch right now, literally touch this other world to begin again in this way. So what I wanna point out about this, just this experiment that we've been doing right now is this is what I'm calling this intimate relationship with this experience. And when I slow down, it's like I liberate intimacy. There's more intimacy in the world now. There's kind of more lostness in the world before this happened. But now it's like I unleash and now there's a quality of intimacy here. You could say spiritual intimacy is arising. It gets gets released when I slow down and I give the space for it. So this is what I'm gonna be calling kind of uh, savoring or lingering with your experience. And this is what we're doing again and again, what I was inviting you to do yesterday. Like for example, with the breath, what would it be like to feel the breath like you were that object with your hands? Oh, there's the expansion and contraction. And not only that, when I really feel the expansion and contraction and maybe the fluidity of the breath, Oh, there's something soothing about it to the heart and mind. Oh, there's a settling that happens. Or it could be the opposite. The breath feels unpleasant. And then then the mind feels agitated. Oh, interesting. This is what happens. So I wanna be clear. It doesn't have to be necessarily a pleasant experience. It could be an unpleasant experience that this is happening around. And And today I'm gonna invite you to liberate intimacy in this particular way. Whether it be around the breath or an emotion arising, maybe you have a difficult emotion arising, maybe boredom, maybe agitation, maybe joy. What's it like to slow down and to feel that? to liberate intimacy this way, coming closer to it, even, even a difficult emotion. Oh, interesting, it's, it pulls me into another world with this, this difficult emotion of anger. Oh, and my body feels agitated when anger is there. Oh, ah, I'm coming closer to it. I'm beginning to really see it, to recognize it. So whatever's in your experience, you might wanna pick up a cup every so often <laughs> or to slow down of what it's like to open a door. to really linger. Or maybe you're paying attention to the breath, but then it's like, oh, one of your knees starts to feel a little bit off a of it. Oh, what's it like to, to liberate intimacy within that experience? What does the knee, knee, knee feel like right now? I'm feeling my knee right now. This is why I'm sharing this with you. Oh, there's just a little bit of a, a, just a subtle ache there. Oh, it feels warm. Oh, interesting. Oh, there's just a slight bit of worry. My joints are getting creakier and creakier and it's difficult for me to move around. Does this mean something? Oh, that's, that's, those are the thoughts of worry. There it is. There is another world and it's, and it's in this one. Can you touch that? And this requires, you know, us, beginning again. How does does this change our lives or how does this allow us to be in the world in a deeper way? Uh, Maybe before that, I I, want to situate it kind of in a classical Buddhist context and then be more poetic about it, but I'm I'm going (laughs) to take a step before the poetic part. When I start to liberate intimacy, this poetic way is I I begin to see aspects of experience that uh, can be very liberating. So I'm just gonna name a couple of them, like beginning to see that experience is impermanent. Oh, I feel the ache in my knee, there's worry, the worry arises, it passes away, the ache increases, it decreases. And a lot of times I suffer because I'm uh, conceptualizing the world with these bigger concepts that then become oppressive. Like, oh, I'm a person who always worries. Oh, no, not really, it's just worries arising right now. <laughs> and it, then it passes away. I don't have to make somebody out of experience in that way. That's just an emotion, just a thought. And with the perception of impermanence, I get to start to feel the flow of experience. Like there's a, from that intimacy, the heart gets liberated. And this is different than what I was uh, uh, mentioning, trying to make this distinction yesterday. Is right, there's a time to reflect on things that you want to begin again with. I want to begin again with daily meditation, I want to begin again with my diet or with exercise or whatever it is, and then you think about it, and then you reflect upon it, you contemplate it. That's really great. I I wanna say that is an important aspect of spiritual practice, reflecting on your life. Do you see how this is really different, kind of going towards what we could term direct experience? Both are great, they're just different practices. I'm talking more about the direct experience piece of becoming intimate with moment-to-moment experience. So, one poetic example of I think the power of liberating intimacy, and this is um, really about uh, this uh, a woman who was uh, seen as uh, characterized as as uh, a, a mystic, uh, Eddie Hilasum. Some of you may or may not know the story of Eddie Hillesum. Sometimes uh, people with a Jewish background probably are more connected with her. So Eddie Hellesman was a a young Dutch woman who um, really went through this powerful and amazing transformation in her inner life, just as really the uh, German army, uh, the Nazis were occupying the Netherlands. And uh, soon thereafter she, was in uh, what's called a transit camp. So a transit camp, Westerbork transit camp was a camp where uh, uh, Jews were put into the transit camp and then they were taken to one of the extermination camps. And so uh, in Westerbork, there was, uh, you know, know, literally like they said, like a hundred thousand people moved through Westerbork, this transit camp into the extermination camps. And, Uh, In the transit camps, uh, uh, Jews would be living there and it would be unknown. And then every, I think it was Monday nights, a train would come with cattle, cattle cars, cattle cars, and they would load them up. And you never knew if you were going to be the one chosen that night or not. And this went on for years. And she lived there until, you know, until she was with her family, uh, carted off and murdered at Auschwitz but her experience there was remarkable to say the least. And I think to me, it speaks to the kind of this, this quality of liberating intimacy, spiritual intimacy that was in her heart. And what you find is just these descriptions of her taking in the totality of her experience. Like when she's at Westerbork, you know, this place, remember this transit camp, she says, the sky is full of birds. The purple lupins stand up so regally and peacefully. Two little old women have sat down for a chat. The sun is shining on my face. And right before our eyes, mass murder. The whole thing is simply beyond comprehension. And then she kind of explains this even more deeply. She says, and this is when she's in Westerbork. This is, you know, really in the months before um, she's carted off to Auschwitz. She says, living and dying, sorrow and joy, the blisters on my feet and the jasmine behind the house, the persecution, the unspeakable horrors, it is all as one in me. I accept it all as one mighty whole and begin to grasp it better if only for myself without being able to explain to anyone how else how it all hangs together. So hopefully you're hearing just in these two descriptions how she's intimate with what's going on in her experience and for those around her. She can see the beauty and the horror, and she can hold it all. And she talks about this ability to hold it all. She says, I know and share the many sorrows of a human being can experience, but I do not cling to them. They pass through me like life itself, as a broad eternal stream and life continues. So this way of of holding uh, the beauty and the horror of the world that we live in. And I feel for me, this practice is my gateway into that. I I come closer to experience, not to be overwhelmed by it. And I do wanna name that this is part of the past. Sometimes we come closer to experience and we get overwhelmed and that's part of the practice but coming closer in a way that there's a capacity to hold it all with the heart alive in this really powerful way. And I think this is what liberating intimacy allows for my life is it allows me to live life with integrity, but it also allows me to meet my death with integrity. It's not only about my living, it's about my dying as well. And even, you know, when, she was carted off. She was in this state. One of the people from Westerbork described Eddie Hellesum as she's entering the train, taking her to Auschwitz. Um, she says, it all happened so suddenly, this is a friend talking about Eddie, so unexpectedly, and when the time came, she too was ready and waiting. And alas, last she too has gone. She stepped onto the platform, talking gaily, smiling, a kind word for everyone she met on the way, full of sparkling humor, perhaps just a touch of sadness. But every inch the Eddie you all know so well, with what grace she and her family left. And what I want to point out about, you know, such a remarkable person as Eddie Hillisome is it, it doesn't come just randomly. Like when you hear about her work, she's involved in this internal process. Like as a young woman, she struggled so much internally. And yet with this commitment to a spiritual path, her heart transformed. to allow her to meet her situation in a radically different way. And I think this kind of mundane, sometimes (laughs) what can feel like for some people at times boring practice that doesn't have the grandeur, it's training the heart It's taking the little steps we need to do to train the heart to be here differently. And it's hard, it's difficult. It doesn't sometimes have that immediate kind of reinforcement. It takes our patience. And some of you know that over time it does transform the heart where we get to serve intimacy where we get to liberate it just in the small moments in our lives. And maybe it's just those small moments that actually make a difference, that bring a kind of sweetness to the world that the world needs. Maybe just one more poem around this called Sweetness. (laughs) that I think also speaks to at least poetically this liberating intimacy that I'm pointing to that comes from beginning again. And it's a a poem by Stephen Dunn entitled, Sweetness. Just when it has seemed I couldn't bear one more friend waking with a tumor, one more maniac with a perfect reason, Often a sweetness has come and changed nothing in the world. Except the way I stumbled through it. For a while lost in the ignorance of loving someone or something, the world shrunk to mouth size, to hand size, and never seeming small. I acknowledge there is no sweetness that doesn't leave a stain, no sweetness that's ever sufficiently sweet. Tonight, a friend called to say his lover was killed in a car he was driving. His voice was low and guttural. He repeated what he needed to repeat, and I repeated the one or two words we have for such grief until we were speaking only in tones. Often a sweetness comes as if on loan, stays just long enough to make sense of what it means to be alive, then returns to its dark source. As for me, I don't care where it's been or what bitter road it's traveled to come so far to taste so good. Sweetness, the sweetness of intimacy. How it makes sense of, as he says, what it means to be alive for self and for others. Today, I invite you to keep it simple, just to, to, to have this willingness to show up again and again, and to, to just to play around like I was with this cup, with the feeling of intimacy, like, oh, here I am liberating intimacy. Oh, what's this like to begin again just by holding a cup or to feel a breath? What's it like that the mind keeps on getting lost in thought moment after moment after moment? Oh, that's so interesting, isn't it? What would it be like to have more intimacy with that experience? Rather than, oh, this isn't meditation or I'm doing something wrong. It's just another opportunity to liberate intimacy. Because it's a place in my life I've noticed a lack of intimacy. my mind shouldn't be this way, it's a drag. Oh, there's the mind reacting to it. Oh yeah, the the mind's really wanting to figure that problem out, oh yeah. Do you hear the softness that can come with intimacy around experience? And also I wanna point out, this isn't just about inaction, like the, the touching thing about Eddie, Hillis Almas, she was so active in this transit camp of connecting with people and taking care of people. It's not about inaction, it's, it's about showing up in a little bit different way. The other thing that can be really helpful for today is just an invitation as you begin again to slow down. And to make that a cultural value, I feel like dominant culture, at least, you know, there's so many different cultures in this this land that we currently call the United States. But dominant culture, it, sometimes not a, that that uh, that value is slowing down. In other cultures, there can be like in uh, in the Tibetan language, um, when you um, when somebody's leaving you, um, you say to them, uh, "Kalepu, kalepe." And then if you're the one leaving, you say uh, kaleshu. And those phrases mean, um, may you go slowly. And the person will respond, may you stay slowly. Isn't that great? Wouldn't that be great if that was our common way of saying goodbye to each other? May you go slowly, may you stay slowly. So again, to begin again, in the service of liberating intimacy, the details, touching the fabric of experience, to bring about a sweetness in this world. And we do this by by slowing down. Let's begin our day again. (laughs) And what I invite you to do is if you need to stand up and stretch just a little bit, feel free to do that just to give the body some movement just for a minute or two. And then uh, uh, I'd like us to begin to sit in in meditation here. So uh, we'll just sit silently and it'll be a brief sit, maybe uh, 10 minutes or something like that. If you need to stretch, feel free and then we'll uh, be in silence here.